Do you ever have days when you know your thoughts aren't full of faith, but you aren't sure how to pull yourself out and up? This episode is going to encourage and equip you with practical ways to step towards God's promises and a faith-filled mindset. Let's go ahead and dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully it will leave you saying, that was so good. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. I'm Carissa Robinson filling in for Pastor Julie, and I want to thank you for joining me today for season six of the podcast. This season has been all about reflecting Christ in everything we do. And today we have three ladies here to join us to chat about last week's episode with Pastor Lance Witt, how we can develop a faith-filled mindset. And so we've got campus pastors, three campus pastors from three different campuses. We've got Pastor Jenny O'Neill. Welcome back from the Port St. Lucie campus. We've got Pastor Amy Bender from the Boynton campus all the way down south. And Aaron Shockley, we're so glad you're here. Joop. Hey. Jupiter. Jupiter. I love it. I met somebody at our downtown campus where I go to church on Sunday who was like, I park my boat and I head into the Jupiter (laughs) campus. I'm like, that's epic. I want to go to church like that. Well, hey, ladies, thanks for joining us today. It's going to be a great conversation because last week, Pastor Julie had just this really rich conversation with Lance Witt about overcoming people-pleasing and approval addiction, and it was timely for me. <laughs> there was just so much wisdom shared in that episode, and I'm, I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway from the episode? Erin, why don't you kick it off? Yeah, I thought it was such a, just a rich and freeing conversation, especially with Lance just started off the bat with saying, hey, we're all humans. We're all in this learning and growing. So it's okay to take a breath and acknowledge and give yourself some grace. So that was that was very freeing for me. But what really struck me was a quote that he referenced in a book that he read recently. And the quote was this, when we're born, God gives us these sealed orders for our lives. And Lance elaborated that these sealed orders are unique to our callings, unique to our giftings, personalities, strengths, things like that. And part of our job in life is to discover the sealed order for our life. And the reason it stood out to me and I resonated with that quote so much is because for so many years in my life, I wasn't okay with that sealed order. I lived in the shadow of comparison. And when that really came to surface was seven years ago, when that's when I got married to my husband, Ethan. And he and I have been in uh, ministry alongside or in leadership in some capacity for seven years. But for the first several years of our life, I saw him as this strong, assertive, charismatic leader. And I saw myself as not. And so I lived in the shadow of comparison and I wasn't okay with the unique personality and giftings and strengths that God had gave me. And so my personality type in that situation is to pull back, diminish, discredit. And so for so for several years, I lived in that. But God, in his goodness, he just walked me through a journey of, no, Aaron, I have a sealed order for your life. I have a unique personality, unique giftings, unique strengths, unique 
just wiring for you. And just because it's different than his doesn't mean it's less than his. And that was just such a freeing thing that I can be different than and God still's going to use me, use my calling because he gave it to me on purpose for a reason. And he can use me to impact the kingdom of God. Come on. I yeah. love that. And I think it's so I, I love that you brought this up because I think we often fall in the trap of thinking that the loudest person is the leader. And and I, I just don't think that's always true. Right. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there is great strength in being the quiet one. Mm-hmm. I think people yeah. listen to the quiet ones sometimes more than the louder one. And so I love that both have space to lead. Pastor Amy, why don't you tell us what stuck out to you? Yeah, listening to Pastor Lance talk, everything he said was complete gold. And Mm -hmm. the thing that stuck out the most to me and what impacted me the most was when he said, you can't be truly loved until you are truly known. And it reminded me of Psalm 139 when David is praying to God and he says, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And this just speaks to the care and the attention to which God has made us. I think that so many people nowadays are trying to be accepted, to be loved, to be heard, to be seen, that they're falling into this trap of comparison. They're falling into this trap of just becoming someone that they are not. And this is dangerous because when we aren't who we are, we try to gain acceptance from other people and we're gaining a fake version of ourselves. They're seeing a fake version of ourselves. They're not knowing the real us. And how can someone actually love us when they don't know us? They can love a fake version of you, but then they truly don't love you, the person that you actually are, the one that God designed so beautifully to be you. And I think that that's one thing that's always drawn me to people was just to be able to see authentic selves in in other people. When people are authentic, it's it's attractive. It's an attractive thing. I love that. I see that so often in our sisterhood too, you know, around this table and around all the tables where we sit with the sisterhood of our church, just such authenticity, you know, of of discovering who we are. And I love how Pastor Lance, he kind of ended his his talk with pointing out Galatians 1.10. It says, I am not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. I love that because not only does the word of God, like it always does, tell us exactly what to do, how to think, but it reminds us of what our identity is. Our identity is a servant of God. So contrary, right, to what the the culture tells us as women of or as women that we should be, but we truly are servants of God. And so when we embrace the fact that regardless of what people think, our lives are poured out in service of God right there in our home, right there with our kids, right there in our jobs, right here among friends, that is our identity and nothing else. And so when that is primary, then all of that other stuff kind of becomes less and less a part of what we believe about ourselves. I love it. And I love that he shared some really practical examples of like just symptoms. If if you fall into any of these, you might be an approval <laughs> addict. And I was like, I found myself in all of them. What do I do? So he he shared three. He said, you might be an approval addict if you are afraid to be honest or if you hate disappointing others, or maybe you put too much weight on criticism or even praise. I would just love to know, Pastor Jenny, if you want to kick it off, have you ever had any of these symptoms pop up in your life? And what did God teach you through it? Yeah, I think in full, authentic revealing here, I actually am on the other spectrum. I'm not a people pleaser, 
But I'm so far maybe the other way that I constantly have to ask the Holy Spirit to examine me, just like David in Psalm 139 that Pastor Amy mentioned, to show me how do I reflect your love and care about people like you do? Because I think we're not all people pleasers. Some of us like me are on the other spectrum where we have to come back to the middle of learning how to care about people more. And so it's not just one thing, right? The enemy wants to to grab our attention and our strengths and our weakness and use whatever he can. And so what I have seen is just the opposite of that in my life, where the Holy Spirit has to convict me consistently about my need uh, to care more about what yeah. people you know, see and think because I reflect him and I reflect the church. And so that's that's where I am. It's interesting that you bring that up because I think a lot of people, I would say probably most people, fall on the side of like the the people pleasing spectrum, this approval addict spectrum. But it's authentic of you to, you know, in the spirit of authenticity, do you to bring up the other side of the spectrum that there there actually is unhealth on both sides to be an extreme people pleaser or an extreme disregard of people's feelings. <laughs> and you know, it's really cool that you bring that up. Um, because I'm sure there are some people that find themselves on that spectrum, and we all have to come back to the middle to find this healthy space. What about you, Erin? Where do you fall on that? Yeah, <laughs> I was, yeah, because like you mentioned, there is a whole, like, you're either one side or the other, and we're all navigating towards the center to be more like Christ. And I would say I'm more on the other side of people pleasing. And one of the symptoms that he had mentioned that I struggle with or is most prominent in my life is disappointing others, and that shows itself through avoiding conflict like in in my nature i'm a peacemaker and i'm like harmony let's keep it love it and when tensions rise conflict rises i'm like run bolt get me out of here i'm not trying to do that but that's not we can't live that way and so god in his goodness has has shown me that there's a difference and like i mentioned i i'm a peacemaker but he's shown me that there's a difference in peacekeeping and peacemaking and oftentimes, conflict is a part of peacemaking. But conflict, as Pastor Julia so beautifully mentioned, is an opportunity. And I love that how she phrases it, is that it's an opportunity for unity. And so shifting my perspective and seeing that, like I, I, I'm not living in this ugh, of fear of disappointing others. Like this, I, I'm, I'm striving for unity and reconciliation in the body of Christ when I choose to engage in conflict so that our relationship can be better. And so that's that's the symptom I think I, I find myself dealing with most often. Yeah, unfortunately, I think I find myself in the trap of approval addiction in all the areas, and I fall into it more than I actually would like. This has always been just such a struggle of mine. The enemy gets really loud. Mm -hmm. The enemy likes to climb up on your shoulder and whisper in your ear, you're not good enough, you didn't do this well enough. They don't like you. You're not worth it. He says a lot of things that make you doubt who you are. And I think over time, God has just shown me that I'm putting way too much weight on the approval of others and what other people think of me, the performance that I do, what I say. And I've learned that these are the times that I can ask God to identify that this is the enemy speaking. And how can I handle this situation? How can I how can I get myself out of this pit that I've put myself in? Because honestly, when we think about these kinds of things, when we start doubting ourselves, we can sit in it for a long time. 
And it becomes something that we just replay over and over and it becomes the audio of what we hear constantly. And I think that um, when we can identify that we're in these kind of situations, we can ask the Holy Spirit, reveal what the things are that I need to be working on. Reveal these things to me so that I can stop looking for the approval of other people and I can look for God's approval only. I love that because we need each other, right? Just at this table, it's so evident that we need each other. We were created yeah. um, in different gifts um, to spur each other on uh, to, to love Jesus and good works. If you want to connect with some friends and dig deeper into the content from the podcast today, we've created a resource just for you. It's called Show Notes Plus. And Show Notes Plus gives you access to the notes from today's episode, discussion questions, key scripture verses, and links to additional resources, and even some devotionals. So make sure you click the link in our show notes so you don't miss out on the chance to dive deeper. Yeah, I loved his challenge that you know, that it's it's both the criticism and the praise. Like if we take either of those, it it's it's a problem, right? And so I think we sometimes think like, oh, you know, the the praise is harmless, right? Like if I if somebody gives me a compliment and I think about it over and over and over <laughs> again, it's like that's a trap to be an approval addict. But it's also the other side, this criticism that when somebody says something to you, hey, sis, when you did that, it kinda and you're thinking about it over and over and over again. Pastor Julie's reminder of the, the verse that says that we actually have the power to take our thoughts captive and place them under the authority of Jesus. I've literally found myself when somebody has provided me feedback that just didn't sit right with me. Like, I don't want to spend all my day thinking about it. Like, And so I just go, Jesus, I'm placing this thought under your authority and and it will not have a hold on me and and that helps release me from being stuck in in living in the approval or the disapproval of people's thoughts towards me so gosh it's so challenging but you know it really takes faith to believe who we are and who God says we are and we're fully equipped by him to do what he's called us to do it's it's easy to complain and to doubt to fear or to feed the negativity the scripts in our mind we don't naturally drift towards tremendous faith. At least I don't. Um, we have to continue to stir it up in our lives. And so I'd love to just hear some practices that you have in place to help you maintain this faith-filled mindset. In the seasons in my life in which I've had the most faith-filled mindset have been seasons when I've done two things, intentionally and proactively. And the first one is declaring Scripture over my life, over my life, my situation, my family, and Romans ten seventeen says this, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So it's the verbalization of truth that changes things, that changes me, changes my perspective and mindset. For instance, in moments when um, I'm fearful or anxious, I verbally declared Deuteronomy 31, 8 through 9, the Lord himself goes before me and will be with me. He will never leave me nor forsake me. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So that's been one area is when I'm most faith-filled and my mind's um, clear and thinking like Christ is when I'm declaring scripture. And the second part is having these daily declarations that Pastor Julie has mentioned before. Romans 12, 2 says this, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So these daily declarations that I'm declaring over myself help me to renew my mind, to think like Christ, to think just like uh, scripture says that there's power in our words, there's power either of life 
or of death. And so choosing daily declarations is choosing to speak life and therefore allowing the faith-filled mindset. Yeah, and I believe that to have a faith-filled mindset, we really need to be incredibly intentional with our lives and really put spiritual disciplines that we learn into practice, like reading the Bible, praying, listening to worship music, going to church, being in community with other believers. I know in my life, I find that I can trace all my bad days, my negative days, my days where I have just, I have a hard time just getting out of that negative space back to, did I forget to read my Bible this morning? Have I prayed yet? Did I, how did I start my day? Did I start my day focused on God or did I start my day focused on my to-do list? I love that. I love that both of you said really the same thing. It's a choice that we make every single day. So being faith-filled isn't just something that happens because we went to church last week. It's not just something that happens when a hard time comes and we pray, but it's really something that we choose every single day to characterize our life. I know in addition, like what you guys said is absolutely true. Like, and it's true for all of us, those, those decisions. But one thing that I always tell myself is to trust what I know, not what I feel, you know? So, because this week, like, I felt like, oh man, I am just tired. I'm tired of pouring out and saying all the right things and, you know, investing in somebody else when I feel depleted or I feel frustrated or I feel discouraged. And so, but I tell myself in those moments, trust what you know, not what you feel. So I set aside, you know, what I feel and trust that God has put me in this place, just like he has every single one of us for a purpose. This is our purpose right here. And regardless of how we feel, our calling is clear. And that is to continue to speak the word of God and to continue to pour out irregardless of if we feel it or we don't feel it. I mean, I think as moms, right, we can all identify to that. We can identify to that as if we're teachers or if we're in the workplace or all the places that we are, we reach those moments. But the faith comes because not only are we speaking and hearing, but we're doing the Word of God, right? We keep doing what we know is the right thing to do every single day, and that adds up then to faith, and God pours that supernatural blessing into our lives that we cannot manufacture. We cannot manufacture it ourselves, but He does it supernaturally when we just choose His way. I love it. The obvious thread here is the Word of God, right? Yeah. And we believe that Psalm 119, 105 is true, that your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. And I would just love to know if there is a word, is there a scripture or a verse that has lit up your path in your life? For sure. So mine is actually in all of the gospels. Like it's, it was something that Jesus said and all the gospels recorded it, but I'll read you Mark 8, 35. It says, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. Pretty clear, right? Like if we try to hang on to what we think is important or what we want this to look like, we're going to lose it. But if we get to that place every day, we get up in the morning, I, I lay down this day to you. It's not my to-do list, like Amy said, but it's it's your will be done and just have put on the mind of Christ, renew our mind again, because those frustrations and all of those feelings will come back up. But that is the verse that just guides my next step and motivates me to keep laying down my life rather than trying to hold on to it. Love that. And the scripture that comes to mind 
for me is very a very common scripture that most people know, but it's Psalm 23, 1. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And it's just such a steadying anchor and refreshing to know that because I'm in Christ, because we're in Christ, we have all we need. That in him, I lack no good thing. And that's just such a such a safe space to think you're, you know, to, to be in, to know that God's taking care of all things for me because he's trustworthy, he's gentle, he's kind, he's good, he's a good father. And so it's just such, such a refreshing thing to know that because I'm in him, I can rest knowing that he's got me covered. That's so good. I'm a big to-do list person. I love my to-do list. I like to check off my list. I like to get a lot of things done. And at the end of the day, I like to feel very accomplished. I want to know that I've done so many things and I've gotten them all done. But the thing is, is that it creates a sense of stress. It it creates a sense of of need to continuously do more and more and more. And I think God in this, in a certain seasons of my life, life has said, you need to stop. You need to stay still. You need to trust that I'm in the process of working through your life and I am going to do something great and you don't need to plan everything. And so the scripture that stands out to me the most that has guided me so much is Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. And knowing that he's in control, he's got it, and I don't need to do everything. Come on, we all need to remind ourselves of that today. I love it. Thank you guys for really just being honest and your authentic self. I know it's not, for some, most people, it's not your default to just be who you are. And I think it's true that the more you look to the Word of God, the more you find yourself. And and I just love that this conversation has been that. It's been authentic. It's been real. It's been honest. And I, I'm praying that the people listening, that they would be inspired by your authenticity and your honesty and even the words that you shared today. This has been so great. Love you, girls. Thanks for jumping on the podcast. And thank you for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you cannot miss out on anything that we have come in your way. But we'll meet you next time for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. We're so glad you joined us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. For additional resources and show notes from today's episode, check out our website, SoGoodSisterhood.com. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He's always doing a new thing. What step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it? If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good.